You're listening to the Empathy Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Ferguson, the founder of East 29th, where we're establishing a conscious dialogue that connects both the physical and mental health awareness behind the clean beauty movement, while combining skincare with self-care to build a movement that embodies being softer inside out. This is episode 18, Perspective. It's just me today. I thought we would go back to how we started episode one, where it's just me talking. You know, I took the time to interview myself, have a little discovery chat with myself, and try and see where I was at when I created episode one to where I'm at now creating episode 18. It's been really fun, actually, because I'm so used to putting in the effort into communicating with others and seeing how they work, and I needed that reminder to come home to myself. And as a parent, I've always been preparing my child for the next stage in their life every time we get to that next milestone. And I think it's really important to remember to do that with yourself. When we become 18, we don't just, or I guess 19 in British Columbia, we don't just become an adult and stay the same. We are always evolving and it's important to check in with yourself on what is the next stage you need to prepare yourself for. And I think what has been weighing really heavily on my mind lately is perspective. Like art, everyone has a unique point of view, creating a multitude of understandings in every situation. The trail of instances that transpires in our lives individually or collectively results in varying positions that unknowingly shape the lens we view life through. They establish how and which way we grow. Instances are the invisible brushstrokes of time, the medium in which we are created. They mold us, they shape us, they allow our minds, bodies, and souls to interpret things based on our trauma and trajectory, forming individual outcomes like fingerprint impressions, but with time. Considering this, when we are met with opposing views, it might save us the frustration of trying to make others understand a lens that they can't see through. Imagine if we were more perceptive with how deeply intimate perspective is. A museum of discerning awareness, rationality, and appreciation. Some more abstract than others, that's fair, with hues of fast-paced yellow or trustworthy hints of blue. I ask myself, would we be able to resonate with others if we saw their feelings presented to us in primary colors? I mean, since childhood, they've been ingrained in us and we've learned to celebrate more by combining them while also equally celebrating their growth individually. We're taught to ignore our feelings or become so unaware of their soft yet firm existence. How can we recognize and understand others' actions and our feelings on a level we haven't even met ourselves or appreciated the presence of, of our own? When we're younger, of course this is not going to be running through our mind, but that's just it. When we get older and we're growing, I want it to be a common dialogue that we're always kind of checking in with ourselves. And I think because this has been weighing so heavily on me, it only made sense to make episode 18 where I'm not interviewing myself, but I'm in my thoughts of where I've been since episode one. I've been writing a lot of poetry lately, and I find I always kind of talk about nature. People often remind me of flowers. We're more forgiving, we're more familiar with nature. When we're becoming we see breaking down, but there hasn't been a flower that doesn't bloom without growing apart. Perhaps as a collective, 
we are a garden, as everything worth having requires tending to. We don't create a garden and just leave it outside. We have to tend to it. It takes time. We know that the seeds might take up to 10 weeks indoors before we then put it outside. We know you need to have six feet apart for it to grow properly. Like We just need to make sure that we are tending to the presence of self as self evolves. And what worked for me maybe during episode one might be different during episode 18. There's been a lot of growth that happens every single day when we really take the time to look at one day here and one day here and try and figure out what's different. Is there something different? If maybe there isn't, maybe it's good that there isn't something different. Maybe we want to not move. Maybe we want to focus on where we're at, but maybe we've then achieved that point and we want to move forward. It's all about where you're at. There's not going to be a one size fits all for everyone, but what we can do is really try to be introspective at every different stage. And maybe that's just from a Sunday to a Monday. Maybe it's three years apart, but it's essential to understand the duality of how loss allows the presence and the ability to be found. In my mind, I love words and I feel like certain words just breathe differently when we learn the weight that they carry. It's like we've only known words, emotions, and feelings without the presence of their pulse. We as humans, we understand how important pulse is, right? So when I try and put a pulse into a word or something that doesn't naturally have it, I've learned that my perspective of it is so much more important. And they say, just because someone carries it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. It's so true. There's this thought that just keeps coming back to me and I really try and go over thoughts that keep presenting themselves again and again because maybe my initial perspective on it didn't look into it as deeply as it needed to be felt. And the presence of laughter sounds a lot like the absence of fear. It just keeps playing in my mind. And I'm like, I've never thought about it that way. I always think of fear as its own thing. But if you look at it, the presence of laughter sounds a lot like the absence of fear. And it's just kind of set the tone for how perspective can be translated through me again as I enter into my 29th year on this earth. And my business is one year old and we're in season two, wrapping it up of Empathy Everywhere. And it just kind of made sense that my perspective was going to be different. I look at emotions and I think sadness for me resembles sunshine as much as it does the night sky. Why? Because everywhere I went, like clockwork, there it was. Pain is often associated with suffering, but I've come to know pain with understanding. The knowledge, which was challenging, very challenging, yet enlightening, those periods of of my life and in my healing felt really warm like the sun. I became so detail-oriented amidst my grief, observing the moments of feeling mentally preoccupied, gradually lean towards becoming introspective. And I think it's not something you always notice. I think if you keep going back to, you know, when I was 14 and pregnant, I always said, I remember sitting quite vividly on the recliner. It was pink (laughs) in my parents' living room. And I would rock back and forth and I would think I won't always feel this way. So because I had put a timestamp and I won't always feel this way, I always reference that day and that time. And I remember months later being like, oh, you know what? Like I'm still sad or I feel this way and I feel A, B, and C, but I don't feel that way. And that's where I really noticed that the moments that I was mentally preoccupied, I wasn't as 
preoccupied anymore. And I gradually would lean towards becoming introspective. The moment I realized just how uncomfortable growth was and is, my perspective then and even forward into today shifted from suffering to understanding. And that's not like a destination. I didn't just get to understanding and that was it. It's still to this day editing what my version of understanding is, but also understanding how I got there. I can't just say the answer of two plus two is four. I have to figure out why. Why does it make sense? Or why doesn't this make sense? Now numbers, as anyone knows, are not my strong suit. I think when we tell our children, don't ask why, or because I said so, we really miss the mark because that why teaches a thought pattern that can help you in so many other areas. And I think the power of why is really important as long as it's not just like, why can't I say why, why, why? We need to help guide them into figuring out where the whys work and where they don't. If it gets them to even be introspective for one moment, they will understand how to understand how they feel. You know, when you grow through trauma my mind personally was was very and still is very fluent and falling apart and when trauma happens in your childhood or your early teen years or maybe it happens later on in life but it's that moment for you where you really are growing for me personally being broken was all i could associate with feeling or being whole when i think about what whole felt like now at my age I have to go back to being 13 and that's not an age where you really can associate being whole you have no idea who you are how you are or why you are right so I've always compared suffering to resembling a cave empty hollow so many layers of the unknown you know it's scary you don't want to walk into this pitch black place you don't know what's going on in there But when we look at it from another perspective, a redeeming perspective, is it has depth. Its depth is a positive within a negative. Because when we have a pain body or space that is filled with a negative emotion, experience, trauma, when we work on it and we feel it and it starts to heal and we're going through the emotions, we can then turn that space into a space where we can fill with knowledge and understanding and empathy and growth. And, you know, we don't get to decide the sequence of events that determine how and which position that we view from. However, we can choose to acknowledge that empathy exists when we put ourselves in the shoes of another, ultimately creating a more realistic, more well-rounded point of view. There are emotions, and this is another thought that crosses my mind often, there are emotions to be felt outside of our peripherals. And I say peripherals because emotions aren't always visually seen, but it's not like everyone in front of me are the only people I should be putting myself in the shoes of. There's so much more all the time. And while we can't take on everyone and all the things, what we can do is just try and be more mindful of that. We are not always thinking about self. And I think for me to go through the period of time where you technically are more selfish, to have to be selfless as a mother, it really shifted where my perspective has been all these years. And I have yet to understand how anyone can stand so firmly in their mind with how they would handle situations they're not in the mindset of or have previously experienced. We can't make trauma-based decisions from a pre-trauma perspective. I'm genuinely going to say that again. We can't make trauma-based decisions 
from a pre-trauma perspective. Someone once told me never take the advice of someone who doesn't have to deal with the consequences of your decisions. It genuinely built a backbone and new layers of perspective for me because yes, it makes sense to ask someone who's been through something similar or the opposite just to get a feel, but we should never be like only doing what someone else says we should do. There has to be a layer of coming home to ourselves, to our bodies, to our minds and our souls and being like, this worked for so-and-so, this didn't work for them, but their today and tomorrow might look differently than mine. What can I do with all this information that I've gathered from everyone's point of view? And how can I implement making that final decision for myself? Because consequences happen. And when we listen to respond, we'll never be able to understand and make a sound judgment because listening to respond means you've come in with option A that you wanna say, it's your point of view, I wanna make it heard, and no matter what someone else says, you're never going to fully listen because you're just waiting for that moment where they stop talking and you're able to talk about your point of view. But when we listen to hear, on the other hand, we take the ego out of our dialogues and we can make decisions with the best intent for those affected today, not in our make-believe selfish scenarios. I can't tell someone personally that if they got pregnant at 14 to do what I did, there's just no way. And that's coming from someone who has been in those shoes, who has walked a life the last, I cannot believe it's been 14 years. My son will be 14 in December, so plus the pregnancy. It's been you know, almost half my life. And I can't make that decision for someone else because I don't know what led them up to that moment. And I don't know their support system. I don't know their state of mental health. I don't know in which way they'll grow with what that trauma might look like for them. People can share traumatic experiences, but ultimately how we read and receive, it's unique to ourselves. You just can't tell someone. And that's from being in a similar pair of shoes. So I always imagine someone who has no experience in a situation and being like, this is how you should do it. But that person doesn't have the post-traumatic mindset. They only have a pre-trauma mindset. And to be quite honest, when you think about any hard experience, whether it's pregnancy, giving birth, getting in an accident, leaving your career to fulfill some other, you know, need. We just don't know what it looks like on the other side until we're there. So when someone says to you, this is what I believe in and you should do it too, but they've never had a post-traumatic mindset, everyone's clear-headed when they're making a clear-headed decision. Sometimes I get into conversations with people and they're like, well, how are you so mindful when it doesn't even affect you? Well, because I simply can't understand how they feel and the small amount of me trying to build empathy for the view that they have and the emotions that they might have and it's only a fraction, it's not easy. So it's not easy for me to tell someone how to be and what they should do. In my personal experience, those willing to tell others how and what they can, would, and should do are the ones who are most afraid to find out how they themselves feel. And they're afraid to find out who they are so profoundly that they continually try to tell you their version of opinions when it's entirely irrelevant. And it's almost as if they're actually just in a selfish manner trying to convince themselves. And I genuinely say that. And even if they don't know that, I think sometimes when we are so confused in who we are or how we are, or we are raised in environments on how to be, and maybe it doesn't align with our natural flow, but we do it because someone else has told us, when that has generationally been passed on, I don't look at it as that person's fault that they're choosing to be selfish and they want to do this to you. What I look at 
it as it's a blip in time. Maybe they don't know who they are yet, but they've been told this is how life is and how we are. And they repeat it because that's what they know. And I respect that for them, but it doesn't work. There is no other area of expertise that allows strangers to make decisions they aren't equipped for or well-versed in, right? Like we are best suited to understand our sense of self. Individually and simultaneously, motherhood and trauma are the mediums that shaped me. When I think about pre-motherhood, pre-trauma, I am not old enough to have the mindset that I have today. It's been a very long, long, long journey. And sometimes I talk to people who have recently been in a traumatic experience, whatever it may be. And I've had one person say to me in particular that they aren't worthy of the opinion and perspective and self-worth that I have because I handle it so well. And that stops me in my track because I need to remind you that if your trauma is a day old, a month old, a year old, and mine is almost 14, we cannot compare. It hit a chord with me that just hurt because I'm not trying to share what I've been through to make others feel less than. What I'm trying to do is just make it known that people feel and the ability to feel is the most beautiful connection we can have, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. And it just, we will be shaped differently through the mediums of our lives. And for me, it was motherhood and trauma and they go together. So once experienced, I haven't seen through the same set of eyes since. And then considering this, I acknowledge everyone will have their unique journey of gaining perspective through experience, whatever their experience is, it's unique to them. Again, like a fingerprint of time, which has led me to wonder and to ask myself, how do we learn to feel for others? One of the questions I have is, can we understand through observation, forming cognitive thought, or can we only comprehend through personal experience? And from my point of view, from all the trauma and trajectory that has led up to the lens that I view from today, maturity isn't decided upon based on age, but merely the ability to develop understandings through observation. I can't stress that enough. Maturity isn't decided upon based on age, but merely the ability to develop understandings through observation. And I say that because I've spent all these years not really fitting in with anyone my age and being reminded constantly that I'm not your typical teenager. I'm not your typical young, early adult. I'm not your typical mom. I'm not. And then, but I don't fit in with those who say had a child at 30, 35 and their 13 year old is the same age as my 13 year old, but we have a different life. But they look at me and they go, oh, you're just, you're just a baby. I get that all the time. You're just a baby. But at the same time, I understand just like a calendar or time, these constructs have been created to simplify understanding. And it makes sense, it does. But we can't only use age as the determination of whether someone is mature or not. And if someone isn't as mature at 25 as someone is at 20, so what? It's their journey, it's their lesson, it's their understandings at their pace and their time. And I think when we constantly think about others, we can also check in with self. So understanding that their version of self is valid, I then also remind myself that my version of self is valid. They go together, you know? To have an individual identity, we truly must be part of a collective whole. How can we have identity 
a singular identity if we don't know it's a little bit different from someone else, right? So a collective whole creates the ability to have individual identity. And that's really important because it means just like through COVID, we've learned like together apart, it makes so much sense. And from my experience of being left pregnant as a teenager to becoming a teenager's mother, several, several lessons have articulated me into the woman, the person, that I am today. And our journey of developing perspective isn't just one particular moment that inspires its creation. It's more in waves, like lessons in motions, an ocean, if you will. I always try and relate something to nature. And when I think about nature, you know, we think of the garden, we think of trees and water. And the funny thing is we look at an ocean and we really kind of idolize it. We go to the ocean, we want to escape to water. We think it's so beautiful. But when a lot of us feel like we need to cry or want to cry, we, not everyone, but a lot of people try and hide that or see it as a sign of weakness. But from where I stand, tears are the most courageous form of water. The knowledge that exists between a blink and a tear, the lessons that that moment holds, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Understanding perspective, to me, is redefining what it truly means to be alive here in the now. And I've spent years, but very specifically the last year of my life, and the burning question that just keeps popping up is what does it truly mean to be alive here in the now? And when I think about perspective, I think about respect, I think about understanding, I think about lessons, knowledge, self, others, and they all fit together. That is my collective and I can find my individual identity within that same scenario, package, whatever it is. So for me, if anyone can take anything out of this episode, truly ask yourself, what does it mean to be alive here in the now? And it won't be the same for everyone. And that makes sense. But at the same time, if you want someone to have the ability to respect your opinion, you have to have the ability to respect theirs. So that means it's okay to not feel the same thing. It's okay to process things differently. It's okay to not always see eye to eye. But if we have respect and we have growth and we have understandings and maybe we won't have the same opinion. But if I ask you, well, why do you feel that way? And how did you get there? And I listen to you tell me, it might make sense how you got there. And I can respect that. And I can share my journey with you and we can take what we need from it to amplify our lives as well, but not put someone down at the same time. I think to be able to really enjoy the journey of growth and discovery, we need that little moment of checking in. And I think perspective is a great way to check in because how I saw something a year ago is not always the same way that I see something now. My friends sometimes make fun of me because I take photos of like a wall or, you know, paint chipping, or I see these things that are seen as like a negative. And I just wonder if this wall has been here for like a hundred years. I'm not thinking, oh, this paint is gross. We need to just cover it up or look at the stain of, you know, whoever used to live here was a smoker. I look at it and I go, the knowledge that this piece of paint, the layers of paint, the wall, the wood, the beams, all of it, what could it feel looking back at me being the a thousandth person to walk through, 
to be in front of them, to stare at it. I always try and even give an object that isn't living and breathing a perspective just to gain more self-awareness and awareness of the things and the people around me. And I think I'm going to end it on that note. I'm very thankful that everyone has been tuning in. I appreciate it. I love being able to learn about others because at the same time, even if I go in thinking I know something, I learn so much about myself just through the other perspective that someone else has. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. We will be back with season three very soon. I'm I'm just really enjoying the way that my mind has been evolving through all the trauma and trajectory and even being so far removed from a traumatic experience. There have been others that will then reshape you or challenge the way that you grew from a first trauma. And I think that's just as vital to understand. We can feel a multitude of emotions simultaneously or separately but they're all valid in their own right. We deeply appreciate you tuning in to the Empathy Everywhere podcast. If you'd like to connect further, you can find us at Empathy Everywhere or East 29th on social media, or you can check us out on www.east29th.com. 